Decoding, decoding the origins of Volak slash Valak, Unequilibrium's Demonology Handbook, just published uh, today, which is January 7th, 2023. Right now it's 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time. And this is just a little intro. There are links here in the link bar for this ebook download on the website worldreadingclub.com and this is just a little introduction to it just as i said published today and so my i'm just reading the, the intro that i have on the website which you could read yourself but hey gotta add some content to this so I wrote, these are excerpts from the, the book I just published. Hey, hello, Amanda. How you doing? And uh, the other book that I published, well, there's a few of them now. I'm really finding the time to get into it a lot more now. So, you know, in my personal experience, demons are not necessarily to be feared, just as what most people consider to be their opposites. Angels are not necessarily to be respected. These labels are given to these entities in order for us to feel like we have some form of understanding or control. And that's becoming more and more apparent. You know, that what's interesting about that is that there are, you know, there are angels of death and angels of destruction and all kinds of that. And a lot of those I did look at. I have this, the one book, which is a dictionary of angels, including the fallen angels. And so what's interesting is that this, even though this demon Volak, or in the spelling they used in the movie The Nun and The Conjuring was spelled Valak, V-A-L-A-K, was really horrible and really evil. The all of the descriptions going back to the you know fifteenth century and probably before, they list this demon as being gentle and kind. And it, I mean it rides a dragon, but it has a what they describe the face of a beautiful boy and uh, with angel's wings. But it also has the power to control serpents and it rides a dragon. So, But uh, the first encounter I can recall at this time with the demon Volak was in the Demon Tarot by Ariana Osborne that I purchased from Barnes & Nobles when it was released in 2013. I never, got, I never gave much thought to it, even though the deck was very helpful in bringing hidden information about myself to light through introspection. So in the same year, 2013, Volak was named in the Conjuring movie, as I mentioned before, with the spelling Valak, V-A-L-A-K. But I didn't make the connection until this year, 2023. I know it's 2024 now, but I wrote this, when, or I made that realization in 2023, when I decided to search online for the name of the demon that took the form of the nun. But even then, I did not find much information about it in any readily available text, including the comprehensive 1967 book, A Dictionary of Angels, including The Fallen Angels, by Gustav Davidson. I thought it would be a good resource to find Volak or one of its other names because this is how I learned that a word I heard in a close encounter with another entity was the name of a demon called Nurgle. And I actually submitted that paper or on the way to getting my uh, dual doctorate 
which is one is a doctor of divinity and the other one is a um, doctor, uh, a PhD in metaphysical sciences. So I can't publish that one now until after it's done going through the, uh, the process of being reviewed and read and all that which I did recently get an email back from the University of Metaphysical Sciences saying that it's going to take six to eight weeks to go through the process of, of, um, of, of grading, I suppose, that thesis. Um, but that one was about the demon Nurgle and the experience I had with that, which was really weird, but it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. And again, I'm, I'm ready to admit that these things could be all in my mind. Although that's that case with Nurgle was one that was pretty interesting because it sounded like it was in the room with me and I had never heard the name before. And it said it three times enough, the third time loud enough to wake me up. Like it was, uh, it was yelling at me the first two times. It kind of slowly growled it at me. And then it yelled it at me and I woke up, but I'm a lucid dreamer. So I knew that while I was laying down, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, my, this must be just something that is, you know, my mind is creating. And so I tried to get myself more comfortable to go to sleep, to kind of dream about whatever this was, although I'd never heard the, the, the word before. And but then it screamed at me and woke me up and it sounded like it was in the room with me. And then I looked in that book that I just talked about, the, the Dictionary of Angels by Gustav Davidson, but it wasn't in there. I mean, I mean that, but that name was in there. Um, but I had gotten the book after this situation happened. And so I thought it was quite strange. Um, actually, now that I think about it, no, see, that's, oh, that's right. I didn't actually have that book yet. Or at least I don't think so. But I do know that the, the situation with the demon Nurgle screaming at me happened. And then I found it in the book. But I wasn't even looking for it. I remember I, I was probably looking for something else. Because, you know, I, once I get a book, I start browsing through it. And the listings in the Dictionary of Angels, just like a dictionary, it's in alphabetical order. So I must have been, you know, flipping through there. And then I saw the name Nurgle. And I said, wait a minute, that is what... I heard that woke me up that one time some, you know, and so then I, I read it and it was kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say frightening, just maybe surprising that why would I hear a name that I'd never heard before or who knows when I heard it. Now later during research about it, I learned that the singer for a, a black metal band called Behemoth, he calls himself Nurgle. Um, it's been used in various other, you know, media and stuff like that, but I, I didn't know at the time. So it's possible that I could have heard it somewhere and then it just kind of stuck in my head and it screamed itself out to me. But the circumstances under which, which are, are laid out in that book about Nurgle are interesting. So I'm doing a whole series called Uniquilibrium's Demonology. They're going to be handbooks about demonology and then I'm going to put them all together for one big giant compendium. But there's a lot of them. I mean, it's ridiculous how many demons people have made up or encountered throughout the years going back way to ancient times so it's a pretty fascinating field and in this book in decoding the origins of volak valak uniquilibrium's demonology handbook my intention may be maybe unlike others in the field of paranormal research and metaphysical science where some take up demonology or other related practices to have influence power and control over supernatural entities my eternal goal is to empower myself and others so that we have the option available to decide whether or not it is appropriate to hunt 
or to defend. Because I agree, and you, you may have heard this before, that it is more useful to be a warrior in a garden than to be a gardener in a war. Again, this book is available. It's a free download right now on uh, worldreadingclub.com, Decoding the Origins of Volak Balak. Hey, Jenny, what's up? So you got a new profile picture there. And um, it's only 30 pages. I'm glad that I was actually able to edit out a lot of the stuff that was in there and made it really concise. There's going to be a whole series of these on worldreadingclub.com. And it is sponsored by the blog dealer, Health, Fitness, and Fat Reduction on theblogdealer.com, B-L-O-G-D-E-A-L-E-R.com. And that's it. That's all I got because I just found a show that I like martial arts stuff and um, I'm down currently in Miami Florida right now I'm back in the film TV uh, business uh, which is something I started back in 1999 my friend Jerry Blome owns a company at the time it was called Miami Art Miami Art uh, Department then it changed to Miami Prop Rentals and now he's got two names for it under the initials NPR, it's Miami Prop Rentals and Movie Prop Rentals. So I started working with him last week on Tuesday and again in the prop house. And we're gearing up to do a bunch of commercials and there's a movie coming up and a whole bunch of other work. Every time I come down to Florida, the guy's been a friend, like I said, it's been 25 years now. And I've only come back down to Florida twice since I left in, in the end of 2002. So I worked with him from 99 to 2002 for three years on pretty much almost every project that he had down in Florida. Then I went to California and worked in film and TV out there, also in the art department. And I came back in 2014 to Florida and, you know, uh, met up with Jerry. Then left, went back to California. When I came here in 2017 with Floor, we also, uh, I did a little bit of work with Jerry. And then Floor and I went back to China and I got back to Virginia and I was there for a little over two years. So I got there in September 4th of 2021 and I worked my way up from having basically almost nothing, riding a bike an hour and a half to my second job that I got there doing security. And then, you know, opened up my own martial arts school and as well as got a better security gig, then finally got a car. You know, did a little bit of Uber driving, then bought a brand new car. And now I am back down in Florida because my mom's down here and I wanted to come see her. So I drove down on Christmas Eve, surprised her. She had no idea I was coming down here. But I got a lot of connections down here and Jerry is a good guy. He's one of them. So we're going to be working on some projects down here and I'm just glad to be back down here. Um, I actually like the weather a lot more. I don't think that would be surprising to a lot of people. But it's uh, right now it's, you know, 1141 in the evening and it's 64 degrees, which is kind of chilly for down here. But it was funny because when I drove uh, all the way through Georgia, it was actually um, really cold. It was in the 40s. So I wouldn't say really cold, but it was in the 40s. When I was in Virginia, it was in the 30s. A few times it was frosted over. But driving through Georgia pretty much almost as soon as I got into Florida, all of a sudden the temperature jumped from being in the forties to the seventies. So, and I, I like the sun and I actually like the Florida rain and it's, um, 
it's so funny so i actually uh my friend draven who used to be a, a well is still a friend and was a fan of my death metal band acrimonium met up with him and gus and hector rios who were uh the drummer and guitarist for a death metal band we used to play with down here that was called sickness they are now playing in sort of like a um what i forget what you call those those bands they they play in bars but they play like all of the like the popular music that people want to hear so they're not doing like death metal like that um at least not for money death metal is not paying their bills but they're doing some good stuff so i met up with him we got to see a show there and then the uh, other day i went to a laundromat somewhere i forget forget even where it was somewhere off of oakland park boulevard and i ran into my friend alma uh from high school <laughs> oh yeah there you go that's right amanda cover bands yeah they did a cover band <laughs> how did i forget that um it was a cover band and um it that was that was really really cool so i was i was uh you know just um doing my laundry and i ran into her it was so funny because she was there with her daughter and she she um she gave me like the longest hug I just, I looked over her and recognized her me. I said, Alma. And she just, you know, gave me a big long hug and then introduced me to her daughter, which I had already known it was her daughter. I was wondering why she looked so familiar because, um, I, but it was because I'd seen her in pictures on Facebook and stuff like that. So that's why. And, uh, but it, what was really great is that it really feels like family working with Jerry again, him and, and Graylin Franklin are the owners of, of movie prop rentals and Miami prop rentals down here. And it was, it was like, no problem. You know, I called him up and he's just like, yeah, welcome, welcome aboard. You come work with me anytime. And it's just always been like that. It's just one of those things that, you know, I've been able to keep up with, which is really nice to have a friend who, you know, just kind of welcomes me into the fold anytime I'm around. It's it's really nice thing. And yeah, I was talking to my mom the other day when I went to go visit her in in Pompano, and she was. You know, we were talking about how you know I left a couple of jobs in California, and the the management there. One of them said, "Yeah, I already you know." by the time you put your two weeks in, I already submitted your rehire paperwork. So you have a job here anytime you want. And then at yoga works, the manager wrote me this glowing, um, recommendation and like goodbye letter. But unfortunately, you know, yoga works has since closed down since then. So they're not open anymore, but you know, it's nice to the fact that like, even with Jerry, like 25 years later, I can just come in and say, Hey, how's it going? He says, yeah, you want to come work? Let's do it. And I have something to work with. Hey, Jenny, how you doing? Good. I am just loving all of this. There's nothing like old friends. Yeah. <laughs> they just make you feel so safe because they know you don't have to explain anything. Right. I was nothing thrilled to listen to one of your shows talking about your mom and the scandal around the place oh, yeah. where she is. I'm so glad there you're, to, you're there to watch her back. That is just amazing. It's kind of ridiculous, but, you know, it's the thing was because I haven't been, you know, I was out of the country and then I had to work my way back up through everything in the past couple of years. So, you know, I wasn't able to really do anything, but I kept in touch with her all the time. We talk on the phone all the time. And I said, Mom, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And 
you know, I finally got to like everything just came together, just being able to have, you know, money in the bank and the, you know, just all the resources I needed. So I was finally ready. And yeah, I'm going to put that, that situation to rest. I've, I've gathered a lot more information about it. So it's a, it's a little bit of a problem. Fortunately, you know, even though that could be considered abuse, you know, taking advantage of somebody's money, they actually owe her thousands of dollars. Now I calculate it's over $5,000 that's missing. Um, but it'll be resolved and, um, you know, I'm not stressing about it. Just going to take care of it. Well, you were a good son and it just, I loved listening to just everything you were doing. And I think you were out on Yelp looking for reviews of that particular place and getting corroborating evidence. And, you know, it was just, it was wonderful to see. I thought, man, I wish I had a son like that or knew one of my sons would do something like that for me. (laughs) You You know, know, I always hope that that people would. It it doesn't seem like it's, you know, a big deal. It's just, you know, somebody's got to do it. And I, you know, it's it's simple. There's not it's not a big deal. But I have a different situation than my brothers and sisters. They're they're pretty much location locked, whereas I can kind of just go anywhere and and get things done. I mean, I understand, you know, my sister and brothers, they're in look they they can't just you know my brother works at a car one of them works at a car dealership my older sister's got three kids in a house and you know i'm i've always been the the black sheep nomad so you know i'm that guy i'm the one to do it so i might as well i mean i don't i don't see any other way i just want to make sure she's good is she healthy does she know who you are she's not dementia oh yeah she's yeah, she's, there's no dementia or anything like that. I mean, she's in a wheelchair just because, you know, she's, she was really overweight and she had some back problems and stuff like that. But, and, you know, she was depressed a little bit, but she's, other than that, she's completely cognitive. There's no issues like that. Um, you know, she's in sound mind. She's just, but she's also just one of those people where she's not too savvy with technology. And so, you know, I have, I've had to help her with, you know, simple little things here and there, but, you know, um, it's just unbelievable. It, it kind of, it, it's just kind of upsetting. Like I really have come to the conclusion that the the folks at um, the W assisted living facility in Pompano that because she didn't have anybody visiting her. I mean, one of my cousins and my aunt, they would come every once in a while, but she's been there since June and, you know, she hasn't had very many visitors at all. And maybe like, you know, once every other month here and there. And now I've just been going there every single day since I got here on, you know, Christmas Eve. And they, it, it actually kind of startled them and shook them up. I, I think that, that, that they thought that she was all alone and that nobody was going to look out for her. And I got there and I immediately just started asking questions and saying, hey, this doesn't make any sense. How is it that she gets $1,300 a month? The rent here is $900. And where's the $400 that you owe her for the last you know, five months, that's $2,000 right there, plus another $3,000 that's owed for, you know, it's just really crazy stuff. Um, you know, and she's also kind of trusting to people, but you know, she's not, she's not stupid. She's not, uh, doesn't have any cognitive issues. It's just, you know, it's just kind of very overwhelming being by yourself. Uh, I don't know what those people were thinking, but it's, it sucks. It's just kind of stupid, but it'll be taken care of. But that's also, you know, one of the reasons why, uh, oh, sound went out. Uh, hey, hey, Maria. 
Let's see. Let me try. All right. How about now? Is, is my sound still out, Jenny? Or are you guys? Oh, um, let's see. I'm going to drop. Oh, to see if the sound comes back in. Okay. Um, well, I, I'm seeing my little circle over here. So I don't know. Sometimes that might be a glitch on another end there. But, uh, yeah, it's been doing this to me so much. Just about every time I call in a place or do one of my own shows, I got about five minutes before it gets wonky, and it's really frustrating. Oh, so, can, okay. Yeah. I can hear you now. All right. Um, well, I mean, that's it. I just wanted to, I, I, I don't know if you, uh, I don't think you caught the beginning, but I was just going through a little intro because I wrote another short ebook about I'm doing this whole study well it's all just demonology and just looking at through the history about what people are talking about and you know I don't know why it is but I've I've always thought that the whole catholic thing with demons and exorcisms were kind of ridiculous it just seemed really funny and but they were entertaining um to see these guys trying to fight demons with prayers and stuff like that um and just the they they really make those movies exciting like all of them since like the exorcist which was like what 73 or something like that the exorcist is is old school like that's like one of the original possession movies but there there've been so many of them you know there's the the exorcist there's um uh gosh I forget what the one with the little boy named Damien is um I don't watch these type of movies so I'm no help <laughs> But they're just, they're fun. They're they are just interesting, even though the way they're going about it and the stuff they're saying is kind of ridiculous. I just, to me, demons are basically like supervillains, you know, like in, you know, they're, they're no, they're no different than like Thanos from the Marvel universe or, or, you know, any bad guy with superpowers from any movie. That's how I look at them. They're not, because even something like, if you ever watch anything from the Marvel cinematic universe, I mean, Thanos, if Thanos was, if you put, if it was like Thanos versus, versus like Pazuzu from The Exorcist, it would kick that demon's ass. <laughs> like it just, <laughs> like it so, just. Did you put this yeah. book on Kindle or something? Where, where's it available? Because I'd, no, I'd love it's to on read my, it. Yeah, my website, worldreadingclub.com. It's on there for free download. I actually just published um, three of them on there is downloads one's a marketing book and then one is something called uh olympus has fallen down the rabbit hole which was just um a collection of of blogs i wrote back in 2013 2013 was a really interesting year now that i'm looking at it um 2013 i did i finally just put them together as one little ebook and then then there's this one about the demon volak balak and just it's just it's mostly like historical and um, also me showing how, you know, that the labels are given to these entities. Like, for example, a good point that's made in um, the Demon Tarot book is that anytime uh, Christian scholars or priests in Catholicism, you know, would find a, you know, an angel or an entity that even was from like another culture, they would automatically call it a demon. So like, for example, in the Pseudomonarchia Demonum uh, from Wire, Johann Wire, and also then later picked up by uh, Colin de Plancy in his uh, 
dictionary infernal the infernal dictionary they call uh, shiva um a demon so like the the goddess shiva is a demon and a, and a couple of other um you know isn't Hindu shiva do. the hindu god right that, and so that's what i'm saying is that from other cultures the um the hindu deities um like there's shiva in there and a few others that are hindu gods they the christians have la labeled them as demons so it's simply just a cultural and religious perspective you know they're calling demons what other cultures are calling gods right. and yeah man and yeah amanda the kid's name was damien but was that amanda was that the name of the movie was it was it damien i remember i i just remember there was a they had a cool soundtrack to that song to that movie they had a really cool um orchestra but yeah um but the ebook is uh like it's on this one's only 30 pages i think the the longest one i did the marketing book that i wrote was like 130 something pages which i really didn't want it to be but that's just how it it came out and um do you feel like I, you kind of like gleaned all of this great information, all the deep dives you're doing on economics and then just created your own story around that? Is that what that marketing book is or is it something else? It's mo it's from my own experience, from things that I've used and looked into for wanting to promote and just all the years that I've been, you know, getting courses and following people and stuff like that and things that I've tried out over the years. And I, I've the the way that I'm writing is very boring and dry. It's just straightforward information for the most part. Every once in a while, uh, I come to my own voice and you know uh, make you know make some more commentary, and you can see where I slip and and some more of my own voice comes. But I'm just trying to my attempt is just to give information. I'm just being very very academic and very archival about it. I'm just taking information and putting it. Um, and what was the focus of your essays in 2013? Uh, the, so the ones, well, there were a lot. I mean, like I said, my websites, I've been online for 17 years and they would be about anything and everything. But the one uh, called um, Olympus Has Fallen Down the Rabbit Hole was a series of um, articles I did that were actually inspired. I'm a, So one thing about me is, I'm very much into movies and just that's, that's the, that's where I get all of my, my fiction from. I don't read fiction books. So when I, anytime I want fantasy or fiction, that's where I get it from TV shows and movies and things like that. So it was the Olympus has fallen down the rabbit holes is like a, a spiritual and scientific mesh. It's just, I don't even know what you would call it, but like some of the lines in there say something like you have the mind to perceive the real rather than the unreal. You have the vision to see your way through the darkness into the light. You are the power that can be freed from death and experience immortality. You can have it all because you are infinite. So it's kind of like one of those things that, that probably would fall into the category of like the same people who are into new thought or the law of attraction, the secret kind of stuff. Um, but it was, it, it was just me just free flowing writing, but it has a whole bunch of, there's like, I think seven or eight blogs that I did. And the la the second to last one was about love and which was actually, I mean, it's, it's very prosaic and poetic and it's, it just flows and sounds really well. It's very hypnotic reading. Um, but it's all, it's all inspirational in, in, 
I suppose when I look at it, that's really what, if I had to categorize, it would be inspirational writing. Oh, that sounds awesome. I want to go read them all. Yeah, World Reading Club. You can download the PDFs, the, as e, the e-books as PDFs from the site. Hakeem um, on Demons and Love. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Demons and Love. Um, well, it's just so good to hear from you. I've truly missed your show and just interacting with you. I mean, college just not the same without Hakeem here to share his thoughts. So I hope this, you know, means, I was, you're com- I hope this means you're coming back. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to make as much time. I'm, I'm uh, going to be more on a regular schedule in some ways just because during the week working in the prop house, and then going on set, like the prop house, they have hours that are 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. So I just decided since I love the work so much, I'm just going to go there Monday through Friday, you know, 8 a.m. to 4. And I have a nice solid income through that. And then after that, um, I've just been, you know, been writing and researching and just kind of doing that stuff that I want to do. And then um, I just want to come out and just have more, more books and just content of the stuff that I'm doing because now I've, I've got all the software and I found a really, you know, I bought a couple new um, devices to write and to publish. And so it's just, it's, you know, everything happens when in its own time, but um, I don't, I don't know how much, I mean, I've just found a, I have a different way that I'm really kind of utilizing these apps now. And it's really just to kind of share stuff that, um, that I'm creating and but it is it's really nice to connect with people yeah i think the beauty of you going back to your old you know prop business is probably there's no learning curve you've already done it you can just go do the work and you know it's like putting on a comfortable pair of shoes yeah it's like nothing i mean the 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 first four days that i was back there from tuesday to friday the days went by it felt like i was there for five minutes well, that's the best job. Those are the best jobs of all. Anytime I've worked in the entertainment industry, it's been the same way. It's just pure joy. I love it. I mean, it's been one thing. I mean, like I said, since 1999, that's 25 years that I've just been, you know, working with Jerry at the, you know, um, I first started working with him on set. That's how I first met him. And when I met him, the the two production assistants that told me, that I was going to go to the job said, Oh, you're not going to get paid, but you know, it's good experience. But Jerry, he liked me so much that he paid me the first day and then called me back the next day. And then I worked with him pretty much on almost every project he had in South Florida until I went to California in 2000, the end of 2002, which was like December of 2020, 2002 or something like that. So um, I read, I read somewhere Hakeem that Miami, Miami was becoming more of a hub for movie making. Is that true? Well, it actually, when I was here, when I first started, it was more so, um, but it's just that the current governor, um, they took away all of the tax benefits for the entertainment industry. So it hasn't been that way for a while. It, everything went to Atlanta that was in oh. Florida. So most oh. of it went to Atlanta for the tax breaks. Well, so Hollywood, the way they work, they go where the tax breaks are. So they do a lot right. of stuff in Canada. And they were coming down for the weather and the beaches in Florida. But then when the tax benefits got cut for the entertainment industry, they went to the next closest state, which was Georgia, which had those tax breaks. So 
Then a lot of production went to Atlanta, Georgia, and then of course Canada and then wherever else they needed to be, you know, on location in different countries. But it may be coming back down here now. Um, I'm hoping. Um, but I just happened to catch Jerry when he's busy again. He said that 2023 was better than 2022. And he says it hopes he hopes, of course, that it continues to do that. And, you know, and um, but I caught him again at a really good time because I got here and he immediately just said, yeah, just, um, you know, come on. I, he said he had stuff coming up in the in the uh, in the middle of January, starting on the 15th. He has commercials and a movie and all that stuff. But then he just one day said, hey, you know, how about you come down to the prop house and work here and I'll see if you're still fit and whatever. And then. You know, he says, you know, it's an hourly thing, but, you know, at least you'll, you know, you'll be earning some money and get to work. I mean, he's just like, he's like a big brother to me. The guy is just, I, I really love Jerry. Like, he's one of the coolest people that I ever, ever met. And he's just, you know, he'll treat you the way that, that you, you know, by your merit. He's like, he has like a meritocracy. You know, if you, if you're good at what you do and you just get the job done, he's, he's just awesome like that. Hey, Amanda. I'm going to drop so we can listen to Amanda. It's good to have you here. It's great talking to you, Jenny. I'm, you've been missed as well. <laughs> yeah. Love you. Love you, Jenny. Hello, Amanda. How goes it on this fine, well, now uh, Monday morning. It's uh, mm. three minutes after midnight. Not too bad. <laughs> it's nice to see you. I just, you said you were getting all your tools together for writing yeah i just wanted to recommend a wonderful free software that i used with several different um writers that i've edited for it's called y writer like the letter y mm. and then w r i t e r it it's kind of a database it gives you yeah. different gives you different it's pretty once you kind of read how it works, I think your mind will understand it. And it's free and it's a really good because it, it helps you format it for, for electronic publishing. I just, I can't recommend it enough. I'll check it out Cause, for sure. Because the, the guy who wrote it is an author. Mm. And he was sick and tired of what other software was available. So he did this. He made this software. <laughs> I'm going to definitely check that out. I'm always looking for really great tools. I found some really great ones. It's um, good. Like if you're yeah. doing, you said there's so many demons. So like this software, the Y writer, there's places for every character and you can add, even add your own like list of qualities you want to make sure each character has. Mm. And it's all exportable because I, I have a very strict rule. If I'm going to put something into software, I want to be able to get it back out without having to pay. Extra. Yeah. So yep. it's all exportable too. In That's multiple good. Multiple formats. So I, I, again, I use it during my, during my professional editing. It, it's a, it's a really helpful tool. And I hope you, wow. uh, y writer mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's y writer seven i think they're on seven okay i'll look i'll, put I'll it look in the up. chat for you thank you also when yeah. you do get a chance um you can look at the stuff that i put on worldreadingclub.com and tell me what you think about the sure. i've just been exporting them from the software as 
PDFs, but it also allows me to make flip books um, nice. and make them for e-readers. Also, I can uh, convert them into audio books if I want to, although I haven't done that yet. Well, I, I, like I said, so you said you already had your tools together. I just wanted to throw another one in the mix in case it's helpful. That's all. No, I'm that's actually really you. Happy 2024. No, that's actually, yeah, happy 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. That's really great. No, I'm I'm always open to um, any new tools. So thank you. I really definitely appreciate that. I'll catch definitely you appreciate later. that for sure. Thank you, Amanda. Appreciate you. All right. So, but that's, you know, uh, that's a, a nice endeavor for me. I'm I actually... What I, th I find what I find really interesting about finally being able to get out a couple of books. The first one I ever published was a, uh, I guess you would call it a chat book. It was a haiku chat book in 2005, and it was called Serena Wears Black, and um, it came out really well. I actually went and got a printer from, like uh, I think it was like Office Max or Office Depot, and it had this really great software built in that you can download on your laptop where it allowed you to make um, books from the printer by double-siding printing, and, and all you had to do was, like, fold it, and, and I, I bought this long-reach stapler, and I bought this cardstock to make covers with, and I just handed them out for free in the, the San Fernando Valley because at the time I was going to the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, and just everybody loved it to the point where you know, 10 years later, <clears throat> I hit up some friends and said, Hey, can you send me, I don't have, I'm in China right now. I don't have any copies of the book, but I want to republish this. And, you know, my friend Amit Sharabi from Israel, he took, he's a photographer. He took photos of it and sent it to me. Um, Craig Spivak, who's a, a comedian out in California. He's like, Oh yeah, I have it on my, my, my bookshelf and my coffee table. It's like one of my most prized <laughs> you know, pieces of literature. And I was like, wow. Um, and and so, but this, just the excitement of just being able to do that and share my writing with people, something about it is very, it, 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 help, it feels like the stress drains from my body, like as if having that stuff in and not, not getting it out it causes me like physical distress. And, and so now being able to express and, and share the stuff that even the, what's really funny is that even if nobody looks at it or reads it, just the fact that I'm able to create and put it together and look at it in this organized form, like this stuff that's bouncing around in my head in this chaos, being able to somehow by putting it into printed form and then being able to just scroll through it or flip through it and see all that stuff that was in my mind organized in some way is really is really just so relieving it's it's a beautiful feeling i don't know what that is like when i would when i make music once i'm done with a song it's like it's it's euphoric so it's it's just something that i have to do um and i was talking to an artist we were she she her name was Jeannie. she has this this art studio down in miami here and we were doing some painting for her um for her art studio she brought some sculpture some sculptures that she made she she did this um this stop motion film called uh, Alice in Dystopia and um 
as we were driving with her or I was talking to her in her studio, she said um, something about, we just got in a discussion about being an artist and she said, Oh yeah, you know, it's, I really love it. Cause I was commenting on how, how I loved how her studio was. She thought it was a mess, but I, was, I said, that's how an artist studio is supposed to be. You have to get, it doesn't look like a mess to me. It's just, you have art everywhere, like completed, finished art everywhere. And as we were talking, I said that, you know, I create a lot and I write a lot. And, and I said, one of the things about me creating is that I've actually found that I don't care whether or not people like it. That's why I just create so many things. It doesn't matter if it's like amateurish or even a poor production or um, just for some reason I have to do it. I, I mean, it just, it has to come out. And I, and she says, Oh, I wish I could be like that. And, you know, she's like 70 years old. I'm saying, <laughs> well, you know, it's like everybody adjust their mentality at different stages in life. It's just something, it's just a way that I've been for a long time. And it, cause if I, if I was concerned about what people would think about it, I would never get anything out there. And so it's, I just, I just have to do it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The many hours going to the work. Yes, satisfaction in the creative process. What is this? Um, oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen these. Um, oh, cool. A Mother's Journey, My Story of Healing. Okay, you know, I have to get that. Let me see. Is that an E? Yeah, I'm going to have to download that. I think I've seen it actually before, Jenny. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. When I when I have to when I write, I have to write, and it it does help organize my thoughts. And you know, I think when you've had a break with reality, like I have, um, I'm always cautious. Like, is it going to happen again? You know, and when I feel like I'm overwhelmed with life, and it just helps me so much to even just write a blog post or make a little video or do a podcast. And I don't even care if people read it, you know, it's just get it out there and organize it. um, When I do get feedback back, especially thoughtful feedback, it means everything to me, you know, to just hear that something I wrote or thought or produced touched somebody's heart, you know, that that means everything. Yeah, it's it's something that has to be done or else, I don't know, I almost feel like I might get sick if I don't. Well, and I, I dream about one of my blog posts or video or a book going viral and getting popular, maybe even making some money, you know, to help ease the burdens on my husband. You know, he works so hard to take care of us. And so I, you know, I dream a little bit about that side of it too, but it's mostly just whatever's inside there, it has to come out. Yeah. I, d- um, I just almost can't sleep. That's the part that I'm working on now. It's one of the reasons also why, like only in probably two weeks, I've put out three books, three eBooks, because um, I have to get the the content out there right now. So there, you know, in the marketing business, they call them lead magnets, right? You know, so 
there's stuff out there right now. And even if people don't download it in mass and get it out there, I still post it on uh, everywhere that I can. And like even the beginning of this talk was about the last one. And I, I do these because, you know, like I said, I utilize the channels for specific purposes. And I realize that by doing searches online, for example, when I've when I searched World Reading Club before, the first thing that came up was Colin, even though I've had a show with a lot more episodes on Spreaker than Colin. So for some reason, Colin, uh, whatever their SEO, whatever they're doing in connection with Spotify and Google and all that, it made, made it pop up to the top of the list. Now I've got a listing on, on Google for it, but um, all of that, anything that can help point eyeballs in that direction is good. and. Interestingly enough, I found that there's a, a huge like little niche market for people who are researching and studying this the dark side of spirituality with like demonology. There are people who talk about it and there's like Reddit forums and all this stuff and specifically the ones that are in the movies. Like um because you know, I was watching some of these movies and, and I saw I was like, Oh, that this thing has a name. And then I would look it up in some of the texts that I have. And I was like, oh, they, they took this from, you know, demons that have been written about by these, you know, religious Catholic guys and, and people who are writing about exorcism and trying to get rid of demons and stuff like that. And so I was just like, well, this is something that's interesting to me. So I'm going to I'm going to write about it because it's just fascinating. Again, like I said, I, you know, I look at these creatures sort of like supervillains because of the abilities they have and people are fighting them, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're basically the bad guys in the story. And it's, well, pe it's, people forget that up to a third of Jesus Christ's ministry was casting out demons. When he hooked up with Mary, that was the first thing he did. He said there was like seven demons who had possessed her body. And that was the first thing he did was cast those demons out. Are those he, the seven devils? I, I can't quote it verbatim, but that was just a huge part of his ministry was dealing with these these entities. And we don't like to talk about it. You know, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. And then there's people who say, oh, that's not real. It doesn't exist. But it's all through the scriptures. And so, you know, I just think it's important to recognize and be aware. And I, I look forward to reading your book. I went over to your website and found it. So... I'm interested to see what your take on it is. I have got to run, but it, again, it's so wonderful to hear you talking about this and back on Colin. So it was a pleasure, Jenny. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. You know, last night I actually came on to Colin and went to the homepage and there was nobody on. And I'd seen that. I thought it was like a holiday thing, but I was like, wow, there's nobody <laughs> like, is, is this the end of Colin? Like nobody's uh, talking anymore, but I was like, all right, whatever. It doesn't matter. I have my well, own agenda. Rumble did buy it. And there's a rumor that sometime this month, they're going to move Colin over to Rumble. And they've mm. even asked for email addresses of people who host shows on Colin. Are you interested in, you know, moving over to Rumble and they've made a list of those of us who've contacted them to say, yes, you know, I haven't heard from, from Rumble. I already have a Rumble channel, so I don't know how it's going to mesh with my Rumble channel. But I'm, I'm just curious to see what happens because I do hope that these shows will get more traffic when we're on Rumble. 
So we'll just have to see. Yeah. See what happens. Well, good night, everybody. You guys take care. Be well, Jenny. Good night. All right. Well, this is uh, longer than I thought I was going to be on here. It's 47, 48 minutes almost. So, uh, Amanda, thanks for... So the the movie was called was it called it was actually called Damien huh I know the 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 little boy's name was Damien I just thought oh no the movie was called The Omen that now that now I remember it's called Omen or The Omen that's what it was called The Omen and Damien was in was the little boy's name yeah The Omen and he had like six 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 tattooed on the back of his head or something like that well not tattooed it was like a birthmark and yeah those those movies are are just interesting to me even Arnold Schwarzenegger did. Uh, a movie with uh dean with where he had to fight the devil and save the world it was um called end of days and interestingly enough the the actor who played the devil in end of days played a priest in another movie that had to do with stuff called stigmata and i think they came out in the same year and i thought that that was very interesting that the same guy who played a priest in in stigmata played the devil in end of days and anyway, those movies are just interesting to me. Again, like they they just have these superpowers, or what we would think of as powers. Um, and I think my you know my my books are are going to be. I'm looking for a way to just transmute, I suppose, all the the energy, the dark energy and fear that people have around all these different beings. And show that pretty much anything can be used for inspiration to do better. Because these beings, like for example, this one, Volak, not only can he control serpents, but the serpents can provide wisdom and also find lost and hidden treasures. So one of the things I talked about was that maybe sometimes the hidden treasures are really the abilities and strengths that we have with inside all of us so it's one of my little spins on that so i hope you guys will um, enjoy reading or browsing through them i think olympus has fallen down the rabbit hole is fun in just the way that it's written it's really it's actually really mesmerizing when i when i read it and i look through it sometimes it, it's one of those things just like with with my music i, I think to myself did i actually write this this is actually kind of cool it's you know it's it's a little bit chaotic, but it's just it's just fun in the way that it kind of randomly connects these apparently uh, what would look like, you know, unassociated facts and information together and weaves a story out of it. And that's 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 fun, especially I think that you'll enjoy the part on there about eros where it says eros has fallen in love is one of the my favorite parts of all of the that collection of writing like i said there were seven or eight of them that were published in 2013 and eros has fallen in love was one of my favorite prose that i had written it was a really fun one and now i'm gonna end so maria thanks for being here and sticking around and listening for a little bit and amanda it was also good to hear from you and for some of your input i am waking up at around uh seven o'clock in the morning since i'm already down in miami right now i don't have to drive from fort lauderdale um to get to the prop house 
but I do start around 8 or 8.30. And, um, and so I'm going to wind myself down now. So it was great to run into y'all again here on Colin. And, um, yeah, that's it. Um, I, I hope that, um, you will enjoy some of my writing and there's a lot more to come. So I'll have a wonderful evening, Maria. Uh, so glad to, uh, see you popping around here. I hope you're doing really well. I've missed you guys on calling, but got to do what I got to do. So until next time, stay well.